thought I had been in that place before. I didn't call it first position, but I thought I had been to that grounded place. I never cleaned my space. And so the people who were leaving my space, I didn't even recognize them until like many bubbles into it. And I certainly have never filled my space back up. It's like that experience is like getting something back to it. Never done that before. Good have sensation. Like a, a quick light going on. I did. I had the sensation that you were speaking to mm-hmm. us that there was a liquid that was flowing in. <clears throat> Myself and I, I felt it in my body. I felt the cleansing and then just the warmth filling back up. So, really cool it is so great to get people's energy out of your space. <clears throat> and you can't do that without the bubble and the grounding cord. Because there's no distinction there. There's no space to get somebody out of. If you don't have a bubble, then it's just like like a pie fight, you know? You're just covered with everybody's slime. I had some bubbles going out. And again, it's sort of strangers, you know, people that I ran into yesterday in the airport. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, the bubble should be about like, you know, like this big. And your space goes like this, you make this bubble, and then if they're heading, you just kind of nudge it, you just nudge it right through, and just floats right out there, and then way over there, pop, pop, gone, and then make another one. Yeah, if you don't have a, if you don't have a bubble with a grounding cord, it is so easy for people to get in our space, and it's really common. It is the commonest interaction, it's just people kind of glomming all over each other. So we get into other people's faces. How do we know if we do that? How do you know if you do that? Well, yes. You can feel it. Okay, what's it feel like? Okay. In what way? Like on some place I'm not supposed to be. Yeah, that's exactly it. On the other hand, what's it feel like? Crowded. <laughs> 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 somebody you're talking to. So, you know, you put a little energy over on them, and they put a little energy over on you, and you put them back on them, and then you walk over here, and there's somebody else, and they're looking at you, 
even though they're not even talking to you, this kind of energy comes through. And you're going to glance over there because, you know, if somebody's putting energy on you, you know it. And you look over and you look at somebody and they look away. You know that? Yeah, so they, so they just did some energy stuff. And then this person, well, they've got all kinds of stuff from other people that they've been carrying around for the last 50 years. And so that kind of energy comes over. And you too, because it's kind of a ricochet, like a carom shot, that sort of slimes energy all over you. And then, so like that, and this is this is um, walking through the mall. This is just walking to the airport, walking down the street. Like let alone a party. If you go to a party, it's like you amplify this like five, ten times because that's why people go to parties. Just to sort of slam all over each other with <laughs> energy. Because you know, part of it is like you know the thing is there aren't even any bubbles here. And that's part of the, the original. This is this is how we're. This is where we start. Is that there's no bubbles. There's no clarity. There's no distinction. There's no spaces. It's just a bunch of energy kind of glomming in and out all over the place. And this is just sort of normal. So um, the first. Well, let's see. So so sometimes let's say we have a, a relationship with somebody. A lot of times, what we'll do when we have a relationship is. Um, well, what we do is we get our energy inside of somebody else's space. And that's what you were just talking about. So this, this is actually like people that we know, people that we're close to, people that we're in a relationship with through work or family or neighbors or something like that. But we have a, a relationship that... Um, It's a little more mature than just what are those mosh pits? I mean, this is like a mosh pit here. This is the mosh pit mall. How do you spell mosh in M O S H? What? What does it mean? Everybody, back in the nineties, you get back in the Pearl Jam concert. Everybody gets into a kind of mosh pit, and people are crowded up together, and they start. They body strip over the Yeah. They move bodies over the crowd and each person feels open. You know what that is? <laughs> People lay on their back. Yeah, it's a mosh. Yeah, this is mosh pit. Yeah. So, um, so as, as we mature a little bit, we have, we want to have, there's no relationship really possible here. This is so contaminated and mixed up that you can't even really be in relationship. So, this is more a first level of relationship actually. But it's, an, it's called an enmeshed relationship, or um, contaminated, or it's called codependent, where there's, there's this place in between where your energy is in their space, their energy is in your space, and you're actually enmeshed, you're entwined, and it's that it actually. Um, uh, it feels like taking drugs, like a drug, because it's uh, it's like something off balance, and you're inside somebody else's space. It's sort of giving feeling, and it's a really it's like over over intimacy, <coughs> over intimacy. It's something like out of balance. How come I know so much about this? <laughs> asked me for 37 years of experience. This is what I thought friends were. I thought friends were this. 
My best, you know, I only had a couple of friends, and this is what a friend was. It was just being meshed, and I could never understand why it was never stabilized, why it was never mature, why there was always little dramas going on, and why they never stuck around after a while, why it was never really satisfying. It was because uh, we were in each other's space, and it was unbalanced, it was wiggling, it was, and it was really, it was not okay. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. There's a physical manifestation too, from what we say, that I'm just thinking like finishing my husband's sentences. For example? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Fin finishing their sentences, you can, you're actually saying things inside of their head. You're actually, um, any other examples of that? So, what we're offering when we use the bubble model as a different a different model which is like that it's like one this is this is a mature relationship now where um, the bubbles bubbles actually come up to touch but they're not inside of each other So this is a normal, healthy, standard, mature adult relationship. The model, there's one further model that we're going to offer here, and that is, so anyway, this is respect here. This is respect. And a formality. Say it again? There's a formality as opposed to the casualness of the, yeah. the one before. Yeah, this is enmeshed, casual, sloppy. Easy. Yeah, easy. People will, if you shift from this kind of a of an enmeshed relationship to a mature, respectful, formal relationship, everybody that you have one of these relationships with is going to be going cold turkey, including you, on this drug called enmeshment. And, and it takes, uh, it could take a year for you to uh, go through withdrawal and gain some kind of sense of what it means to get this close, but not enmesh, because the gremlin wants to enmesh immediately, but enmesh is that fast, and it could take a year to gain, a year of just of being really not even getting this close to anybody, before you start to be able to trust yourself to come closer to somebody without getting enmeshed. Not a comfortable year. Anything else about that? So there's another level of relationship that we've been, we actually um, modeled in the last intensive too, which is the exact same thing as the mature relationship, only there's actually a slight gap between the two bubbles. And the gap is, is it doesn't need to be very big, but it's big enough for um, some, it's big enough for a principle to come through. It's like both of these relationships are gathered together in the name of a principle. Together in that name. 
of a principle. And what, uh, anybody heard that phrase before? Gathered together, it takes two or more gathered in the name of a principle. You heard that before? Yeah. yeah. So that's what this is about. So the principle, for example, could be relationship, could be communion, could be communication, could be um, uh, uh, any of the other principles that we've listed over on the um, conscious creating side of the chart. Any of those principles in terms of possibility, dignity, respect, all of those kinds of things. You can, you can call you can call together in the name of the principle, but there needs to be just the slightest gap. So this this is still this here, this relationship is still about about me or about us. That's what this is about. This is a relationship for me or for us. And this one is about something bigger than us. So this is being in the service of something bigger than us. Which is a different game. So instead of having a relationship that is This is a relationship about something bigger than us, and it can be a, it's in the service of. So the word is really service. Because it's not a relationship, then it's not about you anymore. It's not for you. It's not because it's comfortable, pleasant, wonderful, uh, you know, pleasurable, sweet, nice, none of those things. It's because. The relationship is there in the name of some principle that's bigger than the people involved. And this is a different game. This is a different game. So, this is just showing two people. But you can have an, or an organization is two or more people with a common purpose. Any, an organization is two or more people with a common purpose. And when you're consciously bringing together an organization to serve and the principles that are bigger than, than the people, then you have vision. That's what, that's what we were talking about last time when we said vision. Vision is inspired by being in the service of principle to the greater than itself. And there's that saying that goes, a task without a vision is drudgery, and a vision without a task is just a dream, a fantasy. But a vision with a task saves the world. And, you know, you could die for that. You could die for a vision and a task. That's what makes life. So people who are space holders for organizations, and, I, and I'm including us here, everybody here is or could be a space holder for an organization, which is a group of people. Um, in the service of principles greater than us. And then we start to get into some of the other um, skills from possibility management that you listed that put up on the board that you wanted to get into in the next couple of days. So that's when, when we start talking about metapurpose, for example. Mm -hmm. 
that this is meta purpose. <coughs> so, uh, like every group, like you come together for a group, there will be a linear purpose or a regular purpose. And, and the linear purpose of John, what's the linear purpose of your company? Um, to make money. Yeah, and that's a linear purpose. It is clear, straightforward, objective, linear. You know if you built cabinets or not. You know the quality is in there or not. You know if you get your money or not. You know if you made it for profit or not. And then making money. You know that it's all clear and linear. Do you have anybody working with you? Yeah, that's your focus. Three or four people. Are they full time or part time? Um, Everybody full time. Or no, my secretary is part time, but I've got people full time. Okay. So now those people come to you and come to work with you because you're the, you know, on the surface it looks like they come there because they want to make money. Right? That's the linear purpose. But they could make money a billion other ways because there's a billion other people they could work with. <clears throat> so they pick you. So they pick you because you have the potential for representing the principles that they're interested in serving. And they know that about you. So they came to you hoping, praying, begging for you to take a stand in the world to create an organization that's in the service of principles that are greater than yourself so that their life can be fulfilled. So when you're together, if you only talk about a linear purpose, Every time the meeting is over, they're left empty. They're not fed. Your organization is not fed. The way you feed an organization is you speak in the name of the principles that your organization is serving. And that's by presenting the vision. And when you do that, what happens is the organization gets fed because the principles are actually speaking through you. And when that happens, then what, you're, you're, what you talk about is, yes, we're making money. Yes, we're making cabinets. Yes, you have to pay attention, not cut your fingers off, stack the wood, buy the product on time so it gets to deliver the product, make sure it's not scratched, make the customer happy, do the invoicing, do the taxes, do the payroll, clean up the shop, repair the truck, you gotta pay all this stuff. That's linear purpose. The people are not alive because of linear purpose. People are alive because of meta-purpose. So what you, what you as the king of that space, the space holder of that organization can do is provide them with non-linear purpose, or what's called meta-purpose. And what that is, is you're actually feeding their soul with the vision that's spoken from the bigger purpose. So what's, tell me some, some meta-purpose for your organization. Um, the person that comes up in family, Family is always more important than the business. Okay. So in terms of the principle of family. The principle of family. Or community. Yeah. Call it community. So they all have family and you're like, yeah. So yeah. I mean, if somebody gets sick, it's not even questionable to stay home with the sick person. You do. So the, actually the purpose of your work together is so that people's families are successful. So I don't know if you speak about that. What I'm inviting us into is the consideration of beginning to speak about and bring meta-purpose into our work with people. Because linear purpose will not, doesn't, people don't live from linear purpose. People don't live from just straightforward making money, getting the product out the door on time. People don't live from that. 
people live from being inspired and on fire from something bigger than that, which in your case, one of those things could be family or community. Okay, we're here because, you know why? Because we just, we, because we're one big family. You have a family, you have a family, you have a family, yeah, and we're working together in this business. We get to be artisans, we get to be craftsmen, we get to do, we get to do that, and we're, it's about family. It's really about making families happy. So you guys may have picnics sometimes. Do you ever have picnics for everybody? Or like an outing somewhere or some, like a parties or something like that? It's like that, that kind of thing is enacting the, the bigger purpose. Sue, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you were thinking all this stuff. I was thinking that um, the non one non-linear purpose for our is integrity. And how does that turn people on? They get excited about it. They like to know that we stand behind what we what we do in it, and that we're we're it, it integrity. Yeah, and you talk about yeah. yeah. So you talk about integrity is we stand behind our work. We do what we say, mm -hmm. and, and that is fine. Yeah, and that's way bigger than making a profit. Turning out fine signs and painting them like like that. It's way bigger than that. What are the other principles from your organization? It's usually three or so, three or four. Minutes. Um, pride equality. What else? In that, that means that okay. Maybe, something else. Uh, family. Okay, so integrity. What's <coughs> another one? See, I would invite you to consider your meta-purpose for your organization and to get clear about it and to pull one in that really turns you on. Like for you, it, because you're so involved with this work, it might be possibility. It might be that you guys design and invent signs that are really impossible. Like you take on challenges, you're meeting the industry in some areas, you're formatting new ways of doing things, and creating, opening up new territory, like you're really, Part of your part of your meta purpose could be possibility. <coughs> and you start speaking about that to people. Like who we are, yes, we're the team that walked up and we're we're um, reinventing the industry, the sign industry. Why? Because we're in the possibility. So it's like all of a sudden we've got a team of people who are dedicated to integrity, community, and possibility. And like like that's what they come to work for. They get paid for this too? Well, so what? I mean, yeah, hey, but yeah, what I get to do is I get to be integrity, possibility, and community. That's what I get. And their lives, their lives are big men. And then you're surrounding yourself with a bunch of big people who just live with big lives and people are turned on because you're willing to speak about your organization in terms of meta purpose. And they take all of that home with you. Dave, what's your organization dedicated to? What's the meta purpose of your organization? Uh, provide the highest quality care that you can. We build well, um, they put them like you do. Otherwise, 
What's your department? I don't say how you. Oh, you're talking about the institution and the prison system? Well, not the prison system. I'm talking your particular organization. Okay. And you know that there is the prison itself. And if you look at the org chart, you know what I mean by the org chart? The organization chart of the prison is one department called psychology. Where are you in that, in that department? Awesome. So who's the head of that department? The governor of Dave. Where are you with respect to Dave? Okay. Oh. You can joke around if you want. Well, no, it's, it's, it's kind of true right now. Well, I'm not interested in that. We're just doing drama conversation with him. Related to him, uh, he's, he's at the top and there's like nine psychologists in the meeting. Nine. Yeah. There's one guy and nine dots in the meeting. And you're one of the nine. Yeah. So you're right next to him then. Right. Well, underneath him. Yeah, there's you and then there's nine guys and you're one of those guys. Right. So is there anybody under you? Who's under you? person called the uh, Okay, and that person is only under you and not under any of the other nine? Right. Okay, so you're you, the drug treatment specialist, and then you? Mm -hmm. Well, who are your clients? Mm -hmm. How yeah. many of those do you have? So there's you, and then you have the drug treatment specialist and 500 clients. Right. That's a big organization. Right. That's a big organization. I want to know what your organization is dedicated to. What's the meta purpose of your organization? Our organization is to provide the highest quality care to the community. Okay, hold on. You're still talking about I. You're up here. What about this organization? Me, Dan. The organization that you're the space holder for. Okay. My, my, well, there's just two people. Well, well, one is 502 people. Okay, my, my vision for that is to create, okay, it's not mine. Why not? Well, I thought, I thought I said I and said not say my Who's the space holder for the 502 people? Me. So when are you going to get that? Oh, I got it. I, I was saying I, but I thought you said not to say I. No, the way you were speaking was, it was just about me. And you said, the best possible care I can deliver. Okay. So when you get into this game, it's no longer you giving the care. Right, okay, it's the best possible care I can see you deliver. I can develop me and deliver. Still here. Okay, the best, the best possible care uh, we can deliver. Why, why are you fooling on with care? Care is, is a, where's that on the dramatized? Okay, so where is that on the dramatized? Yeah. So if you're using the language of care and helping, I use the word in hospital. Okay. I'm still offering you some, okay. I'm offering, there's huge doors opening up here. Okay. You can go through them or not. Okay. Okay, so other than care, you're talking about high quality service? Well, there's Rehabilitate. everything over here. This is the domain of service. Right. This is the domain of serving myself. This is the domain of serving others. The conscious king, queen, and the purpose is to serve the people. Right. The gremlin serves ourselves, me, I. The gremlin serves I. King, queen serves your organization. 
So every single one of these principles is a form of service and is a facet of responsibility. So you have one diamond called responsibility and all the facets of these principles responsible principles. So every organization, just like every individual, has some two, three, three, two, three, four, sometimes five principles, responsible principles that they are that they are serving or in the service of. Right now, you're telling me that you're trying to run a 502-person organization with your energy and your effort and your wisdom and your best will. And of course, you try hard, and of course, you're, you're exhausted. You, know? you basically fail all the time. No miracles happen. Not many miracles happen when you're trying to do it yourself. Why I have other people involved? I don't do it on my own. I have I have other people in the world to help me. So actually, I'm going to keep talking at you, and you can let it in or not. But other people are letting it in, and that's why I'm continuing to talk. You can block it if you want. Also, I'm giving you some nonlinear information. So, um, what I'm saying is that every organization has a possibility of being in the service of something greater than the individual linear purposes of of the individual. And when a, when a person comes, when, a, when an organization serves principles that are bigger than itself, this is a huge, this is a billion volts of energy. This is, this is nuclear power coming through here. This is laser beams. This is miracle stuff. This is like wonder juice. And it happens because you're not there. It happens because this isn't about you. This isn't about us or me trying to do it myself trying as hard as I can. This is about being in the service of a principle that's greater than myself. And all of a sudden, the principle gets interested in what you're doing. The principles get interested. The principles have work to do on the planet. And the principles are like transformation, healing, making things happen, opening doors, um, creating connection, bonding, communication. Like just these principles are huge and they come rip roaring. If you can hold a space for a principle, man, that principle can use you. And if you're getting used by a principle, then your life becomes a force of nature. That's a phrase from Bernard Shaw. Name change? your life becomes a force of nature because you're being used by something greater than yourself. And your organization can become a force of nature. Your organization of 502 people within the prison of medical center for federal prisoners. Okay, so within the medical center for federal prisoners, within that there's this 502 person organization called the psychology department. I'm sorry? What do you call it? Well, it's like how the department drugs, and we have that as well. I only have part of them. Right, that's what I'm saying. So this is your organization of the 500. Right. And it's you and this other person and the 500 people, as far as I understand. Right. So that could be called to order in the name of principles that are greater than just David. And all of a sudden, you have allies like you, you would not believe. You all of a sudden have an ally it's like calling in King Kong. You go in and sit down at a meeting, and it's you and King Kong. And it's like all of a sudden you're representing something way bigger than yourself. It's like when we join up 
if we joined up with like IBM Corporation, before we're just us. If I joined up with IBM, or if you joined up with IBM, let's say you were a sales guy and you were going around trying to do all this stuff and said, okay, finally you go to IBM Corporation and said, I want to work for IBM. So I know you as David, but then you go to IBM and you go to them and you say, yes, all of a sudden you've got yourself a, a business card that says David, sales rep for IBM. All of a sudden you gain mass. You gain an immense amount of mass. You gain billions of dollars, hundreds of people, you know, hundreds of buildings, hundreds of, you know, all over the world. You gain this huge organization. And you, you created mass for yourself. It's, that's attractive anyway, and, it, and it's in the service of something greater than yourself. So you're all you're no longer you anymore. You are IBM. So that you're actually shifting identity. You get to shift from being just simple little you to being, you know, David, you know, IBM. All of a sudden, you're not you anymore. You are IBM. So that's what happens when we when we call an organization together in the name of principles that are greater than ourselves. We all of a sudden the organization is in the service of integrity, um, possibility, and community. And I, I understand that. I don't give a shit. I don't think I don't think we're hooking up. Because I think anybody that knows me would say that metaphorically I'm a divine child. As far as as far as developing resources, uh, having a vision. Anybody that knows me would say I have that in space. If you haven't described it here, I mean, if you have a vision and you're on fire about it, what is it? Well, my vision would be, and I tell him it's this, that we would have a type of situation, you know this, that when people would walk in, they would say, this is different. I, my, my goal when I run a program is I tell the image when you start, at the end of this, you're not going to be in prison anymore. And they walk out and say, well, you get help for the people, because I have a little cadre of people we've involved and developed. And uh, so, but... What's that called? Uh, well, See, David, what I, you I, I have Beyond Release coming in. David. Oh. David. Okay. Hello. Yes. What you don't have is clarity about what you're doing. Okay. See, I want you to... I want you to win. Right. I, I know that. No, you don't. You're still dependent. My, my, my grandma said no, but I... Yeah, you're still talking. I want you to win. So I commit to you winning. I commit to your organization succeeding in what you just indicated. So part of my commitment then will be me getting eye contact with you, telling you that when you're talking, nothing's coming in, and that you don't have clarity about what you're doing. And if you did have clarity, you might have some more success. I'm interested in you having success. Why? Because it's an interesting game. You don't even know what the game's called. Because you don't call it in the name of what, you don't know the meta purpose of your game. So this is called a game world. We're talking about creating a game world. And you create a game world by getting in touch with and knowing what the principles are that your game world is called in order to serve. And you all of a sudden you're taking a normal game and making it into an interesting game that you have to have the clarity about the game, the game world. So you're saying that you want to create a game world where prisoners come into the game world, play by those rules, 
right, by that organization, come in this, and all of a sudden they, not, they don't need to be in prison anymore. Is that what you're saying? Or they, <coughs> they assume responsibility. Is that what you're saying, what I said? Well, they, they have a sense that they're no longer in prison. They still have to be there, they can't leave, but they, they have changed their perspective on what it's like and their possibilities. Great. So you just mentioned three principles. What are they? Understanding possibilities, accepting responsibility. same way we were finding words for your hidden purpose, right. you can the same way you can find these principles for your for your work. Teamwork. That's it. Um, you might want to we'll put it down here, but you might want to, you know, I don't know. Enrolling others. Building team builders? Are you doing that? Building team builders? Yes. I mean, do your inmates go and bring us? Do they have little groups within themselves? Informally. Informally? But still, are they are they like, do you have one guy in each group? They, they, they're not allowed to meet like that, but they, they partner up with other people. And so people have been through programs that we've developed, uh, hooked up with other people on that. Hopefully, develop a, uh, a critical mass and support for what? For, for them to support each other and what? maintaining a, a shared vision that they can be better than what they thought. Okay. Being better than what they thought is called transformation. Right. Well, you didn't know that before. Well, I, I knew that. I didn't use the term. Right. So that's why well, I, want, I want you to get this stuff so you can live with it. I want you to start being this. People are gonna, you get clarity about this? Transformation. You get clarity about what you're doing, just like everybody else here. If we get clarity about what we're doing, then then we can serve it better. We become better servants. So if, you, if you're able to serve these principles, <clears throat> which are all based on responsibility, possibility, team building, teamwork, team building, and transformation, Possibility that something can be different. Teamwork, we work together. Team building, so actually we work together to help people work together. And transformation, that we can actually be different than what we are. We can actually shift. These are huge principles. If you have clarity about this is who you are, and that that's what your organization of 502 people represents, in the system, then these principles will be aiding you. They will aid you. They will show up in your space. And I think they have been a little bit. Right? 
I'm telling you they could hunt like 10 times more than that. If you were willing to take a stand for this, consciously, you. I don't mean talking about it so much. I don't mean bragging about it. I mean you having clarity. You wake up in the morning, you breathe, you go, I represent transformation, possibility, team building, and team teamwork, and, and, and responsibility. This is who I am. This is what I'm in the service of. In fact, if you're, David, if your life became actually not, like actually not about you anymore, it becomes, like you become a space holder for these principles. So that who David is, is the space through which these principles can do their work. And who your organization is, is who you are is, is then all of a sudden it ch you change from being like a space like that, you change into being like a tube, the mouthpiece for a tube. And this, and this is where the principles are. You know, they, and they come through you. So that model there, the model above, the principled model, yeah. is a generating activity. This one, doing. Okay. Because what you're saying is that two people are gathered together and they call for the principle. Yes. And the, yes. And the principle is an action. And so there may be lots of activity, but it's about the principle flowing. Yeah. And the other like one is about from, running in a rat race and moving by yourself. And yeah. All of those things. So yeah. it's like going from doing to being. Yeah. Being a space. Rather than trying to do it yourself. So this is, this is do it. This is do it yourself. And this is being a space. That the doing happens through. You get done through it. It's a different game. So that's why we talked about creating a game world. This is a different game from this. This is a different game from this. And even this is a different game from this. So either, these are all different game worlds. These are games. Yeah, well, your, your company's a game world. So do we go to play and go to create our magic and go to produce something? That is greater than what we're So that's a different kind of game work. Mm -hmm. A lot of people go to work and it's just about being enmeshed with other people. Or like maybe even it's just, you know, working. You know, you just, that's the game work. You just go in work, you get paid, you go home, you get drunk, and you go, you know, whatever. You your dog. Like that's life. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a game work. You want that kind? Go ahead. There's lots of game work ready for you to go into. Monkey wrenching a game world means to throw in a factor, a, trans, a catalytic transformational factor that is irrefutable and can't be countermanded by the constituents of the present game world. So it's like a virus. You're basically throwing a virus into a system that transforms the system. So really that's what we're, we're doing right now in a way. You know, these are, our mind works with memes. Memes are, are like the fundamental components of our reality, of our box. And uh, the, the study of memes is memetics, just like the study of genes is genetic. Genes are the fundamental components of our physical 
of a physical body. And in that, the, you know, the design of our physical body is a result of genes. Well, the design of our psychology is a result of needs. So, what we're doing essentially here, of throwing in a um, monkey wrench in the game world, is the same as throwing in a mimetic virus that uh, is a catalytic force that transforms the nature of the game so that the old game can't be played anymore. It becomes too painful to play the old game. So like spit in one soup. Spitting in one soup? <laughs> a little change. <laughs> Just on your metaphor of viruses, okay, our company has, has had experience we've had a lot of virus infiltration and at first everybody was real resistant, you know, because it was viruses coming in and everything. And then we started fighting the viruses and bonding together, you know, to, to deal with the viruses. And the viruses turned out to be a good thing because all we all broke up together in relationship to the viruses. And so it's really pretty cool now because we really broke up as a result of an outside force that was bigger than we thought we were. Well, that's actually the problem is the solution. That's using the principle called the problem is the solution. Mm -hmm. Whereas the viruses look like a problem, but instead of, instead of blocking or shutting down or fighting, that you went into the problem. And if you go into the problem, you discover that the, that problem is an invitation to a higher order uh, to learn, to uh, to learn something. So that's what you guys did. You actually took the problem, went into it, and found out that it was the solution to the breakdown in the company that you made to use the problem as a solution. So, David, who are you? Uh, I have a potential to be a founder with the principles to be developed. You could even have some clarity about that. You could say, I am the space through which the principles of responsibility, possibility, teamwork, team building, and transformation do their work. That's who I am. So that's declaring. That's declaring, but it's also a statement of what's called the true purpose. That's over here. On the conscious, conscious creating serves not hidden purpose, but a true purpose, which we call destiny. So in that conversation we just had, and, and it's, it's a rough, it's a rough shot, you know, it's just like that kind of off-the-cuff thing. You might consider this further and refine it, but this could be actually your, your personal destiny principle. And it's just because you're the space holder for that 502-person organization, then these could easily be what turns you on. This could be what your life is, that you were born, these are the principles that you could have been born to serve in the world. Because that's who you are. This could be it for you. This could be the thing is that our destiny is really at the same time what turns us on. <clears throat> so I, I get a feeling every now and then I get a little piece from you that it's like you start to like start to glow a little bit. When you glow, it's when you're talking about possibility for you know serving transformation, serving keto, serving responsibility. Like that's when you start to glow. 
if you get that in your mind right now as a model and practicing it for the next couple of days, being the space through which these principles can show up, then uh, you're going to be able to take that back into your work and be a secret. You'll be, you'll be this then. This will be you and your organization again. You will be the mouthpiece for the tube that these principles can show. They come right through you and they do the work. And you'll find yourself saying stuff and doing stuff. You won't even know what it is. It'll be way bigger than you ever could do by yourself. Be more powerful, more clear, more magical. More, there'll be more things happening, and it won't be you, not you. As soon as you step in there, it blocks the two. You come in here, and David's doing it, it blocks it, completely blocks it from happening. I did this, folks. It was me. I'm the one. Or else it's the other way around. It's like, oh, Jesus, how am I gonna? Oh, I can't. Oh, this is so. I can't. It's 502 people. Oh, transformation. Oh, like. You kind of do it yourself, and it just doesn't keep you crush you, and that's just like, it's impossible. Then you have to play little again. So if you're going to play this kind of a game world, if you're going to create this kind of a game world for your organization, um, it, it's about having the practice of not being you, of not being about you. But it seems too, David, that there's a tendency for you to speak generally, and when you're using specific words like that, they're powerful, and it's, I experience it as invoking those very principles. When you, you know, because you can, well, I do this, I do that, who knows what I do. Those are the kind of things you said, but when you say, I am, the whole room listens, the whole room hears you. I do like clarity around issues. Or uh, I'm sloppy in that area. Why are you saying that now? Uh, to to acknowledge your. Well, you, you said that. I want to say that. It's an old story. It's an old story. It's from the past. <clears throat> right. It's really an old story. The fact that you were able to listen to this gives you a whole new set of possibilities for yourself. A whole new set of stories. That stuff you just told me, maybe it's only a day old, but it's old. We work, we work in units of about three seconds. So that's really old stuff. A day, two days ago, that's really old stories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just watch yourself. You're going to have a habit. We all have habits of saying, well, this is who I am. I am, whatever you said, I lack clarity or whatever. That's, you know, that's, that's, uh, we can find it. You can, you well, will. That's a declarative statement. Yeah. Yeah. And you will be able to find evidence to support any story, including that one. Even after this conversation, you could find evidence for you lacking clarity. Each of us could find evidence to support our old story. You can find evidence to support any story. It's 322. Where are we going to? Five, six? How much time do we have? Till five. Till five. We have an hour and a half still. Cool. What's next? Yeah. Okay, let's break for about 
10 minutes. Do you want to put these chairs away? Or do you want to stay here? Let's leave them here. We'll see what's next when we come back. When you did the cleansing the bubble, that I had an interpretation that that was negative, that the, the bubbles I was getting rid of were. I, I'm sure that I had an interpretation that that was negative in some way. So, is that so? That it's just. I mean, were you. I don't know that you were placing a, an evaluation on it. On the people, the voices, and the people where we were cleansing. <coughs> where you were. Well, there's things you can do when you have a cleansed bubble that you can't do when you have a contaminated bubble. So that's the value, is that it's, there's use, it produces different results, and it has nothing to do with good or bad. Well, so here's what made me wonder, when you were speaking to David, and you said, you're not letting this in, you know, let this in. So, is there a difference between, um, like, I hear your voice a lot, but I hadn't thought about that you didn't come up for me to get out of my space. So is that the same thing? If, if you hear somebody's voice? Well, I hear things that you say. I remember things you say. I remember distinctions you've made, mm -hmm. feedback you've given me. You know, so, the, and that's what I mean. Well, hopefully you'd be able to have the clarity without having my energy in your space. Like, I keep trying to pull my energy out of people's spaces. I don't want my energy in people's spaces. So, but that doesn't You're, mean you couldn't have the clarity from it. Okay. Okay. So that I was missing that. There's well, another thing which is kind of a weird thing, and I'll just say it anyway. But but there's another thing. It's called night school. It's like when people go to sleep, you can come to class if you want. <laughs> if you go to class, you learn all night long, and then you wake up in the morning. You know, morning <laughs> sleep for a good last night. But then you know, it's like really there's stuff that happens that we don't even really know much about. I don't know much about that. Just Are you saying that. we invite that? We ask for that? Yeah, or that you, just happens? You have to get yourself into night school. It doesn't just happen. You have to have some kind of a interest to go to night school. And so, yeah. What is night school again? It's a weird thing. <laughs> Nothing we would do. Oh yeah. God! <laughs> Nothing any of us would do. I heard about that. You did. Probably from maybe from the same source. Yeah, probably. I'm sure. They <laughs> okay. It's just you know, it's just like uh, the the terminology is not mine. It comes from a woman named Star Fuentes. She's a psychic uh, healer, I guess. And uh, just uses that terminology for people um, making distinctions available all night long, even though they're pretending to be sleeping, and other people getting together like this and and doing the same kind of thing. Isn't there informally that kind of relationship where you have a teacher that Dawson's at night school? Mm -hmm. and you, have a teacher. you are beyond. You have just transcended the. Um, Boundaries of this, this course. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Anything else? <clears throat> All right then. The question still stands. What's next?